We are in Champions League, man. That was my Dilly din, dilly dong, come on. I will love it if we beat them. Love it. This is the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast with Gary Kearney. Hello, welcome to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. My name is Gary Kernin. First podcast that we've done in a while, so appreciate your patience on it. This is a conversation I had with the team at Double Pass last week. Jared, Hans, Kevin and Stig joined me to talk about Double Pass and how they assess and advise football clubs from around the world. I'm sure a lot of coaches in the US will be very much aware of what they do. I'm not sure if you're aware of the detail in which they go into, that they help clubs, communities and coaches. It's very, very interesting. So very unique methodology, a lot of lot of science behind it, algorithms, all that good stuff. So excited to get your thoughts on this. There is a presentation that goes alongside it. So if you want to watch that as well, it's all on the Modern Soccer Coach website, modernsoccercoach.com. And you can also see we've just uploaded some new videos of tactical tutorials as well. I look at some analysis through Keyframe. I look at Lucy Braun's analysis as well as defensive clearances. And I'll keep those coming as well. So the podcasts will be starting up more regularly soon. But until then, I appreciate all your support. And... Please keep checking back. There's so much stuff on the website as well. All the webinars that are available for the summer uh, are there too. They're in the shop, so you can go and download those. Uh, Excited to get your thoughts on the Double Pass team and their work. They've also got a new masterclass program that they're doing online, which is over 70 hours, five different chapters. So I would encourage coaches to go and check that out as well. All the links are on the website, so... Here are the Double Pass team. Enjoy. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. Excited to to talk to the Double Pass team. I'm sure a lot of people know who they are uh, and the the work that they've done in the soccer, in the worldwide soccer community. Uh, We're going to start with a lot of listeners I know in in the U.S. soccer community. So we're going to start with with the work they've done in the U.S. in specific. So... Jared, I wanted to ask you first on on just can you elaborate or can you describe the work that that you've done in the U.S. by Double Pass and and what was what kind of experience does a club have in the process of a Double Pass project? Yeah, absolutely, Gary. Thanks for having us. Um, the project actually dates back to 2014 when the discussion started between Double Pass and the U.S. Soccer Federation. And in those discussions, it was about trying to get an understanding of where the entire landscape was with youth development, the process of of youth development, and where that benchmark was with regard to the international standard, which often is is Europe based on the work and projects that have been done. So in 2014, um, the decision to have a complete analysis of all the top uh, youth academies, both elite and amateur at that point, started. And in 2015 was the first cycle of the project, which meant that there were about 75 clubs in the US that were undergoing Uh, a multi-day between three and five day assessment, which starts really with submission of documents, information, files, and data to get an understanding of the club. 
And then that's followed up by our talent development experts going on site and being there with the club. Two to three dole pass analysts that are on site reviewing this information, but then speaking with the key people from the club. So your academy directors, your heads of coaching, your coaches themselves, and then all the support areas, player care, health, um, talent ID, et cetera. And during this process, you get a really in-depth understanding of what's happening. You're also able to see the training environment. There was a live observation of, of a match in the development academy at that time. And during that two years, um, all 75 clubs were analyzed and then they get a report that's approximately you know 100 pages long with really in-depth findings in all these key departments in these key areas on what's critically important to developing talent and at that point in the us it was really about getting a starting point so it was a zero-sum assessment just to understand where the landscape was and then what followed up with that for the club was really the opportunity to take action on it so the dole pass uh, consultants that are part of our what we call co-creation, which is really like consultancy and strategic planning, would take these reports with all the data and the information, then go on site with the club and talk with them about what areas are most important to them, and then design a strategic plan where they had support from these consultants to then build and improve the areas that were, were most critically important. And that was kind of the bridge before then undergoing uh, the second round of assessment, which was very similar to the first, but could then show you what had progressed based on the work from uh, the co-creation consultancy that was really tailor-made towards each club and how clubs had evolved in in the uh, changes and additions that they had made during the course of this this whole project which ended up spanning about five years um, for these uh, 75 and then added more in the second cycle almost 100 clubs between professional clubs from mls and the usl and then our top amateur clubs that were participating in the in the development academy at that point. I've I've obviously know a few coaches that have that have undergone the process from an assessment point of view, and yeah, they've they've talked a lot about how it's it's found things that they didn't realize, or it's gone into areas that maybe they overlooked. Um, I imagine a hundred page, you're, you say you average a hundred pages of a report. Like, how do you then go through the process of maybe, I'm sure there's areas to improve in all aspects, but how do you zone in to help the coach develop personally? Yeah, it's a great question. I mean, it's really about um, talent development is, is, is holistic. It's about the entire process. And for many of the listeners here who are coaches and they're on their field, uh, you know, day in, day out, just thinking about the session is, is your job when you're on the field. But it's really... Um, you know, it starts bigger than that. It starts with the academy directors and the leadership and the heads of coaching who are the coach of coaches. It's critically important that they've set a philosophy and then that philosophy is communicated to all the coaches so that when they're working, they're working in a systematic way with similar principles connected to their model and then the ability to get feedback on that so that you can really ensure that the pathway is connected for players because players are going to move from age group to age group and they may even move within age groups during a year if, if someone's progressing or or someone's falling behind. And that's part of the whole process. So for coaches, it's about taking what's important to your club, your culture, your identity, and all the football side of it, and then connecting that to your on-field session, and then making sure that the player is developed in a, in a holistic way within your environment. And it's unique for each, you know, for each club. They've got to define their own strategy and, and way of working, but it's important that that gets communicated to all the coaches, and the coaches can then work with feedback that's similar and then they've got their colleagues who they're, they're coaching beside um you know field next field over 
and they can then you know work on the same principles and ensure that it's a clear pathway for players social media it's become a bit of an echo chamber in terms of people finding the problems here in the u.s you know like it's if it's promotion relegation if it's pay to play if it's opposed unopposed whatever it is uh you would be in a better position more than anyone then i suppose jared to, to say what areas actually have improved in, in your observations and your work and your your research over the last five years in this country it's a big country and when you look at a um at it holistically and you think about the entire landscape there is progress being made by so many clubs by so many coaches every day every year right and, and part of that starts with education which has been a big focus of the country taking licenses understanding um you know different areas that you can work on to improve yourself and to improve your club in this case when we're talking about 100 clubs and we're talking about you know some of the most elite clubs in the country it is a small sample set however that sample set that's often you know producing and driving the talent of the next group of professional players um has seen a, a has seen a huge jump um in the last five to ten years and as part of what's measured in the dole pass process is it's a long-term focus so you have to look at it with all the key input areas and think about it in the long term. And what we've seen in this five years is that there have been huge improvements in both the, the, the number of full-time staff and the level of license and education of those full-time staff. We've seen a big improvement between the connection from the youth to the pro. So for these pro academies that have their own youth environments, that connection where players are moving between and that coaches are moving between and that there's a, a real strong connection between it there's been an increased focus on the individual within so whether it be an individual training session or a, a, a plan an individual plan for a top talent that's improved the talent id process um, has also been another big part of it clubs have started to establish their own talent identification system and they've got scouts that are working in the market and are talking with other clubs to find players that they think fit within their environment so I'd say those are those are some of the biggest ones, which then creates this this pathway for players. And the country as a whole is starting to see so many emerging young talents that are playing in this country in our professional leagues and and overseas. And that's that's been a big change in the last five to ten years. And it's a really bright future with the work that these directors and coaches and clubs are doing to put a focus on the individual and really provide opportunities for them to reach the highest level. And in addition to this, Jared, um, I think it's also yeah fair to say that the overall score of the as well the pro DAs as the amateur DAs um, improved a lot. Um, so that's also what we have seen, and uh, also due to the work of um, yeah our our football consultants in the the part in between, let's say cycle one and cycle two, where we worked on a soccer philosophy, a soccer curriculum, and so on. Um, Kevin, you were involved in, in that aspect, so um, I believe you can give some more information about this. But this was a crucial part in the in the evolution of all the the key areas and also the, the progression that we saw in the overall score. Yeah, absolutely. Um, first of all, it was a great experience to work in, in the US uh, for Double Pass and be part of the process as Jared and Stig have been, have been talking about. Uh, I actually had the opportunity to work with uh, 11 of the professional development academies uh, split over three, uh, three different states. Um, and yeah, I think the, the, the key was really to go into each club, uh, spend a day with them, uh, working on specific topics, 
but specific topics that they had chosen in line with us. Um, so it was more, yeah, of a co-creation uh, type event over a one-day period. And what was uh, refreshing about um, working with the clubs over there was their, of course, their their enthusiasm and their drive and desire to improve in in every aspect. Uh, but also they were, you know, fully aware as well of of the areas where they needed to to improve, and they were honest about that, which is also very important. Um, and then what we did was we we probably set them like a, a menu of topics, if you like, that they could choose from, uh, whether it be um, designing and implementing a style of play, whether it was uh, improving how they implemented individual development within the club, whether it was uh, more of a focus on talent ID and recruitment. So there was various topics that could be uh, worked on with the clubs uh, during the days that, that that we spent with them doing the consulting. Um, and I think we decided to choose around two to three topics to spend working on each day. And they found it very beneficial. I've got to say the feedback that we had from it, both from the clubs themselves, the individuals that were working within the clubs, so the academy directors, the head of coachings, also the executive directors, which I know they have out there as well, which are very important roles. Um, they were very, you know, really uh, impressed with the work that we did with them. They found it incredibly beneficial towards, yeah, that next stage of being assessed after that. Uh, so we were like the in-between stage going in and doing the, the consultancy. Um, but yeah, a really good experience. Can I add something to that? Jared, you know, we are, Mr. Gary, we are a Belgian company who is working worldwide. Uh, so we have some Belgians, we have uh, Americans, we have English people working. In Europe, we see now also a little bit the result of our work because we see a lot of Americans and American players who are now moving to to uh, to Europe. And specifically, Steve and myself, we are, we are based in Belgium. We see in Belgian clubs, almost each Belgian club right now has, a, has an American player uh, in, their, in their squad. So it's not only, of course, because of double pass, but when you look to the project and the work that has been done in the, in the recent years, you can see that there is a big, big uh, improvement in, in, in talent development and in the insights about it. And this and also transition to the first team, to go to Europe to, to bigger clubs. So you feel feel that also, and that's also an, an additional result of our work in that perspective, I think. Yeah, let's let's look a little bit uh, closer at that model and that club model. Whenever you go in then, Kevin, to the club and you're working alongside the coaches, what, what specific, are there two areas, three areas, what specific areas do you focus on uh, initially when you get to work? Well, there are many different areas we work on, Gary. Um, I think, uh, as you can see from the model in, in front of you, um, we have uh, yeah various various aspects mm. of what you work on. Uh, my role is is more to to work within the the football or the soccer uh, part of the the model. Um, so that would be developing um, or creating in line with the club a clear football philosophy uh, that's aligned throughout the club and the academy. And then focusing more so on the, the team and individual development aspects, uh, which may include, of course, uh, practice on field, which I know we're going to discuss later on uh, during this podcast. Um, and also linked to that, of course, is, is the importance of health and performance. So th there's, there's many aspects. I think also uh, Hans and Stigger uh, are able to go into that in, in more detail as well. Um, yeah, like Kevin mentioned, some of those elements were um, part of the menu card for the uh, for the USA landscape to choose and pick the 
the right topics to work on based on the first cycle. Um, but maybe to give you the bigger, to draw the bigger picture of this um, club module is that we have three main parts. And, and the first part is where you see more the, the gray or the black stripes on context and strategic enablers, which are previously called the resources and the input of our club module, where you have some things like finance, staff, facilities, technology, the environment scans and so on, which enables you to work on the, on the process more on the process level in the gold in the gold boxes. Um, one interesting and one good element, um, and Hans, uh, it was added quite recently, um, is the woman-specific element, um, which we're currently also really working on very hard and very very in depth to to have a specific module on um, on women development, football, soccer, let's say. Um, Yes, uh, maybe to elaborate on, on, on this one, we have our models um, like, okay, you are hearing or you, you, can, you can see it. We have our specific models about club, about uh, federation, uh, about football, about health and performance and, and so on. But we also designed a specific women uh, football model. Why? Because for 80% it's the same. But 20% is really specific to the to the women football context, and that's a, that's a thing that we now added to our um, yeah to our services that we can also co-create in that perspective. So um, and based and based on those enablers, let's say Gary, we have then and I give you now seven examples of of, of capabilities processes that we work on um, on club level. So that means that. Um, at first, we work on, on club and academy management topics, such as um, developing the strategy, the organizational structure, um, what about the HR management or the people side. Um, a second aspect next to the club and academy management is then, um, yeah, the soccer specific things, um, such as um, developing a soccer philosophy, which Kevin mentioned already. Um, the, what about the team development or the methodology? The individual development practice on and off field. Um, we have goalkeeping specific um, programs and then the coaching and mentoring, which is also integrated in the soccer specific key area. Um, thirdly, we then have the health and performance um, topic with readiness to perform aspects, uh, performance physical aspects and performance mental aspects, closely linked to all stuff um, of the, the soccer key area, obviously. Um, a fourth element is a talent idea and recruitment um, full module where we go from a landscape analysis over uh, the vision on talent, talent ID strategy, um, setting out uh, a scouting blueprint and, and also a player integration aspect. The fifth, uh, sorry, the fourth, yeah, the fifth element is the player care element um, where it's about yeah, all things such as um, welfare, um, education, um, connection with the, with the parents. Um, to then end in the two last topics with transition to first team and data analytics. Um, transition first team is more about, okay, um, how do we um, install the, the career pathways, the player pathways. Um, we give some, um, some inspiration and some ideas about how to set up a transition protocol, um, especially of course when you have a first team or when you reach for um, yeah, creating professional players in other um, clubs or other environments. How do you set out this uh, transition protocol with the connection and integration elements uh, from DA or from academy to uh, first team environment? And then within the data analytics, um, let's say segment, um, we 
have the programs about data innovation, process analytics, um, and especially on the football analysis side. Um, that's it for the, let's say, for the processes. And then to end this entire overview is that we end up with um, the productivity and the return on investment, of course, because that's where it's all about. Um, you would like to have players see coming back in a professional career, and, and that's how we keep track of the, the internal productivity, the external productivity, how we call it, and the return on investment aspect. So I know a full a full scope of all, all topics which are important to develop within your academy, um, but important also here in, in, in this podcast to, to highlight a bit the, the steps of the club module um, and to, to touch on uh, all those elements. Mm -hmm. Stig, maybe to, to add in this one, what we, we like we talked before, Gary, we have uh, specific models on each one, but it's also a framework. So when we go into clubs or federations, it's to inspire them, to educate them, to provide a clear framework. But it's not that we are, we are coming there and saying, this is how you should do it. No, we are helping them and then uh, adapting to their context and co-creating. That's why the co-creation is there, co-creating with them together. So in each specific club context uh, worldwide, it's something else. It's something else, but the, the, the model and the guidelines and the framework is still overall the same. So that's a little bit the balance that we are looking for, because we know uh, we were working in some clubs that were working before with uh, federations, say something with La Liga or with uh, individual um, development programs of clubs or something like, like that. And then it's more like, OK, this is us. This is our, our um, this is our, our game model. Please uh, do, do it the same. That's not what we are doing. We, we have a lot of knowledge, background and, and models about everything, but still in cooperation with, uh, with a specific club and environment. So that's maybe a little little difference. And, and I think to add to that as well, the point that Hans is making, it, that, that specifically comes to mind when we're working on developing a, a soccer philosophy within a, within a club. And if you take, for example, some of the clubs that we've been working in recently, of course, you can go to a club in, in Germany and, and work in a club there. You can then go to work in a club in, in Brazil and then you can go to Uzbekistan. And of course, the, the, we're talking here about different cultures. We're talking here about different uh, opinions, maybe on football, the way that they see football being played. Um, but So we have to, first of all, as, as Hans said, we have to step in. We have to respect that. You have to work within their culture, within their, their beliefs. And then, of course, try and build on the strengths within their philosophy and try and encourage them to yeah, think out of the box as well in terms of how, how they can improve uh, on, on developing such as a, as a soccer philosophy. So, um, yeah, that's, that, that's where it can, it can change from club to club because everybody's got different playing principles. Everyone may use different systems of play, different set plays, uh, different opinions on how they see individual player profiles, for example. So, yeah, that's where it becomes quite interesting. Yeah, this, this is really interesting, the, the topic then of, of adapting the model to the culture, what you're saying there, Kevin. So how would you, when it comes to like the on-field practice model, which there's so many varieties of philosophies with, again, opposed, unopposed work, types of intensity, uh, how do you work through or navigate through that process with the club uh, that is maybe established in their own culture? Yeah, so first, I mean, we work them from our football model. 
so firstly, Gary, we will uh, look into their uh, soccer philosophy. So we'll start with the first step, which is identity and DNA. And we'll work through eight, what we regard as eight key steps. And I think the, the strength of our model is the, the, the connection between the steps that we look for so that every step is connected. So, for example, whatever the, the identity or DNA is of that club linked to their culture, um, we would take what we regard um, as, as the best parts of that and try and implement that within their or encourage them to implement that within their style of play. Now, now that may already be evident. Um, but then we would then look at, OK, how do they uh, yeah, see the game in terms of the, the various game phases? How do they see, like you say, that the build up of the way that they attack, the way that they defend, the way that they they want to deal with the, the transition moments? How do they then link the, the systems of play to the, 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 the principles? We then, then may look at specific game situations that are linked to the principles, set plays and, and profiles, as I've just mentioned. So. Um, that's the start point, or that's what we see as the, the foundation of taking, uh, let's say, theory and then implementing it into, as, you, as your question was, into practice on the field. But we, we see the, the theoretical steps first as very important as like the, the building blocks. So building a foundation, the soccer philosophy, a curriculum and periodization model that are linked to that. And then before then, you're starting to think about the... the um, the uh, specific elements of uh, designing and implementing sessions and, and exercises on the field. Kevin, we saw it in uh, in a lot of clubs that they are starting with a curriculum. So they say, okay, this is what we want to do with those age groups on on the on the pitch. But we say, no, 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 uh, don't go too fast. First, we have to start not only with your style of play specifically, but also with your, like we said, with your culture, your DNA, your identity, and try to link it. And that's very, very important. Try to link it not only for an academy, but for the whole club. And uh, and not that there is a, one coach in or out and everything is changing, or there's an academy director and he wants to do it this way and it's an English guy, sorry, Kevin, and he does it this way. And then the next one is a German guy and he does it totally different way. And then it's changing every every year. That's that's really uh, that's really important for us to 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 start, like Kevin was saying, with the with the building blocks. Maybe Jared to to elaborate on the identity and the DNA. You were uh, a time ago in an in an Brazilian club doing a, a scan and an, an analysis. When you compare this with the analysis you have been doing in uh, in US clubs, how are your what was the experience in that way? Yeah, it's, it's a good question, Hans, and I think it follows up a little bit on your question, Gary, which is, you know, kind of where do you start and how do you connect it? And that starting point is exactly what Kevin said, but it's also committing to it. And in the U.S., you had a lot of good ideas and you could talk with someone about it and you say, OK, well, wh where does that live? Is it documented? Is it shared with the other coaches? And oftentimes the answer was it's not. So it's about taking everything you've done, your whole career of work or your whole club's existence and history and, and putting it on paper. So I think that was a big starting point. So to answer your question, Hans, with the culture, um, sometimes the culture existed, but it existed in, in small pockets with a coach here or a couple coaches there or with the director or leader of a club, but it wasn't permeating throughout the entire organization, you know, from from top to bottom. 
And when you're at a Brazilian club, you could be watching, you know, a U13 age group or a U15 age group, or talking with a coach who's working with the transition to pro or working with their formative ages. And it's all the same philosophy. Of course, it's adapted to the to the age appropriate learning environment of the player, but it's all the same. And it's about getting into the club, understanding its culture and its identity, knowing what those values are, and then carrying that through with everything you do. And that's what's starting to be established now. So you have more consistency and it goes back to that idea of having a pathway for players so that they can move, you know, throughout the throughout the club from age to age and have a real consistency, which is important because it's it's long term. Thanks. Maybe in addition to this, Jared, it's also interesting to mention that while facing this kind of issues in the in the last couple of years, that we came up like two years ago with a with a kind of a digital solution for it, where all the values and 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 let's say the style of play and 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 profiles that we have been developing, that we have put that in in kind of a of a digital tool, where it can be brought to life in a club, where it can be shared with every let's say stakeholder or member, whether it's a coach, a football player. Um, and, and, and yeah, that was one of the ideas to, to put that in like a digital, we call it a digital playbook. It's an um, app also, but, Stig. Yeah, it's so, an, so it's an, to be, instead of uh, what Jared was saying, instead of developing and putting it on paper, yeah. next step is to make it really um, alive and really to every stakeholder in the club to put it in an app so everybody that you want you can give access to that app and to the specific things and it gets gets alive instead of just staying on paper or somebody computers uh, somebody's computer and that's uh, that's also uh, like you were saying a tool that we developed um, to to do that um maybe Gary when you we are talking now all the time about the the game model the football or so, what do you call soccer or football? But it depends. So the listeners, when they are um, not in the US, it's football, and in the US, it's soccer philosophy. Good. Yeah. Um, from there on, when that's really clear, and it's uh, it's defined, and it's how can I say? It's also always evolving. So it's not set and 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 always static. No, it's evolving because it has to it has to grow. Then we look to to two other things. It's uh, designing a clear team development and designing a clear individual development model. The the team development. Then we talk about a curriculum for each age group. What are you going to do with the under 13s, with the under 15s, etc to to get them to the to the first team um, to paradise it so put it in a periodization uh, model on a, on a monthly basis on a on a six weeks basis on a, on a week basis etc to go really deeper 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 into a session into an exercise in the in the session and to define Kevin will elaborate on it on clear DNAs so this is how we in this club are looking to an exercise. This is how we are looking to a coaching style. This is how we are looking to a session and, and to, to make it really your own. So that's a little bit on, on team development, on individual development, which is key, of course, because the team is only the, the way and uh, to get to the goal, it's, it's developing individual players, of, of course. There um, we are talking about individual development plans, individual action plans, um, like mentioned before, player pathways to get them um, 
at the end to the transition to a professional environment, uh, first team wherever, but to a professional environment. And then also, like we said before about team and individual development, it's to bring it in practice, bring it in practice by um, putting it on paper, putting it in an app, uh, giving digital solutions, but also provide the coaches things to really translate it there. And that what you see, and we have it also a lot, that the club is saying, yeah, we have that. Yeah, we do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's not a problem. We we have everything. And then you're going to watch a training session or a game session and you don't see anything at all if um, what they were saying. So that's also really important to bring it in practice. And for that, we have a model about coaching and mentoring. We have a model, Kevin, now about practice on field. But we also have a model about practice off field because practice off field like um, Stig, you can give some examples, will be also for sure more important in the future, Stig. Yeah, um, especially also nowadays uh, we had the last couple of months, we had a lot of discussions with some clubs worldwide who were looking for solutions to still train their players when off the pitch, let's say. And therefore, we have a specific module where it uh, comes to elements such as um, yeah, football IQ, how to train the decision making of players um, of the field. Um, and especially also interesting to mention for this kind of, of, of um, um, elements, we also partner up with, with leading companies worldwide who can, who can also support us in, in our module there. So we have the basis, we have the content and the scientific knowledge about how to train it. But obviously, you have also um, digital products for, for that kind of, of, of training aspects, of course. So it's an important, it's becoming more and more important. Um, we will use it also um, in our module for pre, for framing the session. Kevin will give more explanation about the framing of a session and so on in the practice on field. But the off field can be linked to it by also, um, whether it is by VR glasses and train your, your players in the right, um, prepare them from a technical point of view in the right um, context before they go on the pitch. Um, but again, it's, it's um, yeah, again, becoming more and more important. And, and that's why we also develop in that kind of way our, our football modules. And you can win training time by, by it. Eh? So instead of only the time on the pitch, we train them or we try to train them also or inspire the clubs and coaches to train them off the the pitch uh, specifically with uh, with their cognitive skills at etc and we know now in in europe in a lot of clubs uh, a lot in some clubs they are doing it but only with um, rehab training etc for players but we are introducing it like stich was saying for the pre training so they can already visualize the training that will happen on the pitch before the training then you have the training on the pitch and then you have I don't know how to say it, a, a, a post-training where things that were not so good on the pitch, okay, you can individually train with glasses, etc. also um, afterwards. So the the training load and the, how can I say, the, the training... Prickle, Stich, what is it in English? Um, you mean the co cognitive, cognitive, cognitive awareness of the players and so on? I yes, think it's, it's it about will be re-stimulated. Yeah. Kevin, but off the pitch is very good. On the pitch, on the pitch is always the place to be, if possible. <laughs> um, as we all know, if, and certainly for the, the the listeners, that obviously the the coaches that are, that are listening, 
that loved also to be on the pitch. Yeah, I mean, we we um, developed together at Double Pass uh, and we felt it was very, very important as one of the next steps after the theoretical implementation of a, of a football philosophy curriculum periodization model was to create a, a practice on field model. And of course, there are, there are many different approaches that can be used um, by clubs. Um, the, the way that we developed it was based on, um, as you can see here, the three pillars, three main pillars. So it is the before, during and after periods. Um, we regard it as the first pillar being preparation. So the importance of pre-session planning. The middle pillar being, of course, the on the field delivery on the grass. Um, what is going on during, during them that, that time is obviously critical, you know, because that's obviously the time you're going to be really working on developing your players. And then the third pillar is uh, what we regard as, you know, you're aiming always for positive results for the players. The coach is always aiming for some kind of positive results from the, the session itself. Um, and that's what we regard as the, the post-session analysis. And for each, yep, for both the coach and the player, um, there are going to be areas of what they're, they're going to be focusing on. If we take the, uh, the preparation part first as, as a real key element, first pillar, yeah, it's being clear, of course, uh, and connecting everything to the football philosophy or the soccer philosophy. So the style of play, being clear on what you want to implement within the club and can you make sure that that, that that is evident in every session, if not as many sessions as possible. Linked to that, of course, is the key playing principles within your philosophy. And then what we encourage uh, every club to do when we go in, if they haven't already got one, and we've been doing a lot of this work in, in Denmark uh, and clubs have really embraced it over there. We also did it uh, with a with a big club in in, in Brazil, uh, Sport Club International, where we we help them to develop a session DNA, and then from the session DNA, what we found was the importance of not just creating a session DNA, but also creating three separate DNAs: so session, coaching, and exercise DNA. So three different layers to the DNA to really go into depth about how you see a session from start to finish how you will coach within that session within the club. So there's an alignment between the coaches uh, and everybody's on the same page. Um, and then of course, as well, uh, the specific exercise DNA. So what do you wanna see as a club? Uh, uh, and what do you wanna see within every single exercise? So if you're a head of coaching or a, a director of coaching stepping onto the field and you're observing your coaches, uh, there should be a clear trend um, as into what you're seeing and observing. And, and that's what we feel uh, can be the importance of developing such such DNAs. What's, what's interesting to mention here as well, Kevin, maybe is that all those elements really applicable on the role of, of uh, yeah, director of coaching, head of coaching, academy director, that are all integrated as well in our um, e-services nowadays. So that means that, that um, and again, it's similar like the practice off-field stuff, that also nowadays more and more um, educational and, 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 and co-creation services that we deliver are going online. Um, we have we have just run, Gary, maybe interesting for the, some of the listeners, run our first um, full online academy management course. And all of those aspects are also integrated in, in this course. So that means that if you are a director of coaching and you would like to know more about um, whether it is the preparation, the um, the practice itself or the positive results uh, uh, aspects, they're all integrated in all these topics of the, the online masterclasses that we deliver. 
Yeah, you, you mentioned there, uh, I think it was, yeah, it was Hans mentioned about digital solutions. So, I mean, a, a lot of coaches, unfortunately, with the circumstances, have done majority of their work, coaching work, uh, off the field digitally in the last 12 months, and, and some are continuing to do so. The, the difficulty, I suppose, from being a coach is to try and, you can consume information, you can read, you can watch webinars, the masterclass, what I thought was interesting is that you do you do quite a bit of interaction, you do quite a bit of personal mentoring. How does that process work digitally and remotely? Um, yeah, to, to briefly come back on, on that on that question of it's full fully online, like we said. Um, first time we did it, and it's um, yeah, we tried to be um, interactive in a way that that's it's not that we just throw the content to the participants. It's built up in, in, in innovative, we call it interactive e-modules, where they do interactive exercises while digesting the content, actually. And that's the first part of the understanding um, of, of our, yeah, our module and our topics that that's they choose. That's a theory, yeah? So that's what we theory. have been talking about right now, that's a theory, and they can, uh, the, the, the participants, the coaches, the head of coachings can learn it by doing the e-modules. Yeah, Second, yeah. Secondly, Stig, we do it in in, um, in the webinars, like uh, I, not in podcasts, but really in live webinars with, uh, with the persons. And then we bring the theory in practice. So we, we make it more tangible and in, in global for all the participants. So we translate it like, like this. And then the third step is doing it in a private mentoring call. So then make it uh, tangible live for their own context, in, for their own case. Right. That's really that's really important for us that if you have like by the end of every module you have a personal call with with our experts like Jared and Kevin and Hans and so on that you really um, can put it into your own specific context and that the assignment that you do on a specific topic whether it is talent ID or uh, individual development that it can be used within your own context and that's what we really try to achieve with those online courses for the for the participants and at the end of a course. Yeah, we are ping pong yeah? at a, uh, playing table tennis. It is um, in the, at the end of the course, you have a full digital um, playbook. How do you want to call it? Because you have developed everything for yourself, for your personal case um, in this double pass framework. So it's a journey of, I think of, uh, what is it? Eight? No, it's uh, 10, 10, 12 weeks. Yep, 12 Six, weeks. 12, 10 to 12, 12 weeks. weeks. Oh, wow. Where you learn things, and at the end you have also a real deliverable for yourself that you can can use in your uh, in your club or in your uh, academy or uh, the talent development center. Yeah, yeah. I want to. Sorry, Hans. I want to. I want to keep you there because a lot of coaches here. I know Kevin. You mentioned the U.S. model, executive directors, director of coaching. I know a lot of European-based or British-based coaches will be like, "What is an executive base? What What does an executive director do?" But basically, a lot of coaches in the U.S. wear a lot of hats. A lot of coaches are maybe full-time coaches, but they also have management roles within that. So what I, what I wanted to ask was, does the, you know, you mentioned on the grass is where we want to be, but a lot of the work will be done administratively or, or, or delegation or facilitation. So does the masterclass kind of incorporate all of that? Uh, yes, we can. <laughs> yes, I thought so. No, I thought so. no it's, it's touching the whole model. 
it's yeah. touching our whole, whole model. So it's N when you are coming from um, or you have a specific role as an academy director or head of uh, scouting recruitment or as a coach. It's touching every base and it's it's about the club management that we talked about. It's also really in-depth, in-depth about football, but it's also about the transition to the first team. So a lot of roles are coming together there in the in the total model. Um, uh, to give to give an example, we had we had like um, from um, from USA we had an under 19 coach in last course, but we had also an academy director involved in the last course, and even from um, I think it was somewhere in Asia that we had like someone who was not really already that that uh, in depth involved in in the football industry. So it, it depends also on your personal let's say objectives, of course, um, whether and and how you enroll in in, in such kind of of e courses. Yeah, I, th I think um, so something to elaborate on is, is is how we then implement this within a club. So to give uh, the example of, say, International, uh, where we worked in Brazil, um, a big club, uh, a very good academy. Um, and what we did was we just tried to bring these three pillars to life during the week with the coaches. So we would first work in the classroom with them and talk about preparation, the importance of preparation. And actually, this is where we co-created with them to design a session DNA. And then in line with that session DNA, we could then step out on the field with the coaches and actually see that being brought to life. So to give a couple of, couple of examples, um, they were very, very good at um, framing sessions. So they would, every session go out, be using uh, actually bring out the, the tactics board onto the field to exactly frame uh, to the players how each exercise would look throughout the session, uh, what they would be going into next so the players were clear, uh, but also that would buy them coaching time on the field, if delivery time, if you like. Um, and then what we tried to do was build on them strengths in terms of their preparation. Uh, another one for them was certainly how they, uh, for example, and it's a very important one nowadays, how they utilize the multidisciplinary team so not just it wasn't just about the head coach it was about how the head coach worked with the assistant coaches how the assistant coaches then collaborated with the the, the physical coaches uh the analysts and how they all uh worked together on on that particular session and that may form a big part of their session dna for example but every club is different uh other other session dnas could include the importance of ball rolling time and then you start looking at okay, how do we want to coach? And is there maybe a, a set terminology that we want to use throughout, throughout an academy, throughout a club, so that every coach is using the same, the same language with the players, so that when they move from group to group, there's a more seamless transition and, it, and it's easier for the players to understand. So that's what we did when, when we went into, say, a club in Brazil and we would go into other clubs and, and do the same. We implement from start to finish, focusing on the three key pillars, the preparation, the practice and then of course we would go back into the classroom after the session and actually with uh, our technology tools such as uh, the target tool we use how we analyze sessions we can then feed back to the coaches based on on our, observa uh, our observations Kevin because 
we were talking now a lot about Brazil because it's very nice for us as a company that that uh, a big, big, big uh, football country like Brazil is. Uh, we are working a lot there because they want structure, they want the framework, and they don't have it. They have huge talent and huge football and all DNA that you want, but they uh, they lack in general. Uh, before we were working a long time in Flamengo, biggest biggest club there. So that's one context. Another context is is um, you talked about uh, Tagit. It's a, also Gary, a digital tool that we have in a big, big club in in Germany. We were working um, to use it there because they had everything. They had their football philosophy, but they wanted to monitor if it was um, if it was happening and on the pitch and and to monitor also their coaches. And that's what the Tagit is doing. It's a monitoring tool to to tag each each. It's saying uh, the name is saying it to tag each training session and game of an academy and then you can link it to your football philosophy and see if it's really happening on the on the pitch so it's depending on which um, which context which um, which um, country which football id etc how we can provide our services and and even and even on some director of coaches or head of coaches um they use it as well not only to to monitor and double check whether the football philosophy or the soccer philosophy is translated onto the exercise and onto the pitch of the practice but also to check the profiles of the and to help and develop the coaches in that way to um give feedback on their um let's say the learning processes that they that they install for the players i mean how many two-way interaction do they have how verbal or how, um, let's say, with, with images or with demonstrations, do they show the um, the exercises? How many remote control feedback is there and so on? So all those elements of the coaching style are also captured and can be used to further develop the coaches. Um, that's also an interesting See, tool. In but the that's analysis. for podcast number two, three and four, I presume. <laughs> Gary? Yeah. <laughs> no, no. I know, I know. We're um, there's there's a lot to this. We might have to do a second one. In all honesty, um, if the if, if people want to get back on, you guys can get back on. This would be really good. Um, we're just running out of time. If if uh, I'm sure there's going to be coaches that again they're sitting through and and they'd love to know more and maybe the masterclass course is the place to start. Well, where, where can they get a bit more about double pass and kind of move that interest towards self development? Um, the information can be found, of course, on, on the web on the website um, doublepass.com um, and also on the specific website of education, um, which is education.doublepass.com. So there they can find more information about our services and, and our, like we mentioned, uh, the full online courses that we deliver. Um, on the other hand, yeah, we have also the um, the clips and the extra information that will be shared by you, I, I guess, Gary, on yeah, the on the website. Yeah, I will. I will put it in there. Thanking you for the invitation, Mr. <laughs> Gary. Um, I think I think was a was a pleasure and 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 yeah was a, an honor to be here with uh, with the four of us. Um, not easy to do a podcast with five people, but um, <laughs> I guess I guess it was quite okay. And uh, <laughs> yeah, and maybe um, I, it depends of how the how can I say 
um, how the coaches are looking into this and looking back to this when they, they hear or they, they see this. But um, yeah, we are always interesting to share because we, we are, um, can I say, we are a company. We are a company that has to and, uh, and has to do the business, of course. But we have also a passion. When you look to, uh, the, to the four of us, we have a passion for football and for talent development. So we also want to share our passion to, to inspire people um, worldwide. And now we were talking in a specific USA club model, uh, soccer model practice on field. But there are a lot of other insights that we would like to, to share through this way. So this is maybe a step up to, to another one. We'll see. Yeah, Gary, I think, uh, you know, one final thing, it would be interesting. I don't know how you receive feedback, but if you get any collective feedback that you can share with us on the areas and points of interest. Maybe that's how we would tackle a second podcast, or maybe there's something that we could um, provide to you that supplemental that you you add to the material. But I think one thing that is clear and what Hans is saying is that it's customizable. And a lot of the work we do, the reason it's the co-creation and things like this are um, so effective is because you have to adapt it to the context and the culture of the country, and then furthermore to the context and culture of the club. And I think that's a, a critical piece of, of some of the progress that's been made in the U.S. And that is some of the progress that clubs are making all over the world when we're working together. Uh, guys, I've been blown away. Like, uh, again, I know people that have gone through the process and I'm, I'm fairly well aware of, of surface level what you guys are doing here. Uh, but I had no idea of the detail and the adaptability of your model. Uh, it's been fantastic. So I've, I've really, really enjoyed this. I've got a good... Uh, conversation now uh, for breakfast with a few other coaches so uh, <laughs> I want to get you over to here and because uh, feedback's brilliant but like kind of moving in the direction the co-creation model I think is so powerful uh, working alongside people uh, and helping them I think is fantastic so yeah I'd love to I'd love to, to chat a bit more and, and I'm sure the feedback will be great good Therefore, it was also valuable to have the first part uh, with the two cycles and the co-creation uh, in between, like explained by Jared. So I think it was a good good starting point as well for the podcast. Brilliant. Brilliant. Thank you, folks. Appreciate it. Great. Thank you for listening to the Modern Soccer Coach Podcast. For more coaching topics, sessions, and resources, head on over to Coach Kernin on Facebook or visit the website at www.modernsoccercoach.com.